We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas, and with me today, we got Kenny. What's up, my man? What's up? What's going on, man? Sometimes it's heat in six. Go ahead and keep in the faith. <laughs> home court advantage is home court advantage. James Harden is playing in Miami tomorrow. Good luck to him and his endeavors. Let's get it. We need like uh, we need somebody to tweet him like all the good ladies nights and bottle nights uh, <laughs> on on Monday nights. We gotta you know I think they they flew into town this morning. Obviously going to enjoy. Listen, it's a remnants of F one a weekend, so you know hopefully we have some straggler parties going on. Give them South Beach flu. You know clearly the most contagious pandemic we've ever seen. So uh, you know shout out to that. Lots to get into today, Kenny. By the way, if you're watching us on Twitch, thank you so much. Appreciate you tuning in on twitch.tv slash Miami Heatbeat. If you're on the pod, uh, listen, you guys, pod audience, you make the world go round. I love you guys. Uh, if you ever want to come on live, you know, we usually do MHB at, at 7 and Hangover Time and Weird Off pregame show 30 minutes before and right after the game, respectively. So try to tune into any of that. Doing MHB a little later tonight because my OBS broke and I was fixing it. Uh, but, and if you're on YouTube, try to catch us live, man. We appreciate you guys in the comments. We always read your funny comments and share them with each other. So have funny comments. We, we laugh, you make a smile and, uh, appreciate all the love you've given us this season, guys. Like that shit's for real, man. We have a lot of fun. I'm out here, Kenny. I'm out here fighting with Sixers Twitter. I'm the only one here going to war. Damn it. I I can't like deal with Twitter anymore. Like (laughs) it's just a lot. There's like heat. So I've like since I've joined Heat Beat, my followers have like tripled, and it's gotten to a point where it's just too much to reply to, and like it's a lot of like I'll tweet something, I get like fifty of the same take. I love y'all, but it's like ah, I can't. Listen, it's I mean like you know you I've been doing this for ten years, so you get used to it. Um, but <laughs> I love y'all still. You know I I still vibe with y'all. You guys can listen. I I talk my shit. You guys come at me, Kenny. If the Sixers win the series, I may need to deactivate. I'm probably my my mentions are gonna go. Listen, you think your mentions are bad after I should talk Embiid and Harden and they cook them for two games. So listen, I I have a this is a legacy series for me at this point. Leif and I, Leif and I are playing for a lot here. (laughs) See, I haven't read the timeline anymore. I don't know what Leif's been doing. Oh no, Leif and I have a long-standing history of slandering the Sixers. Sedano, this is a this is a big swing series for Sedano. This will this will really color. Listen, this this is a this is a legacy series for George Sedano. So lots of funny stuff to get into. Lots of good basketball stuff to get into, which I want to start with here, Kenny. So let's talk about this series and kind of how it's trans- transgressed. Heat had two games in Miami, beat the brakes off of them. Obviously, anytime DeAndre Jordan was in the game, it was just open season on the Sixers, right? It was they stood no chance. DeAndre, the one, and I've said this a ton, the, the most consistent thing about this Heat offense, maybe the only consistent thing about this Heat offense is they kill drop. Yeah. 
right? They're just drop killers. And DeAndre Jordan in a drop, they absolutely just destroyed him. And and really the rest of this the rest of the units didn't matter because they would just kill those DeAndre minutes by so much. It didn't matter. So they they, they win the two hope games pretty comfortably. They get into game three in Philly. And Bede's coming back. The whole song and dance and the fucking parade and the, all the, the smoke show and the, so the smoke screens and everything. All that bullshit. And Bede plays. Kenny, we don't have to, like, relitigate game three, but just, like, quickly. It just didn't look. Ryan's Proverio uh, says, fuck Philly with a prime sub. Love you. Um, they just didn't look prepared for that moment. I'm, this is, like, a divorce from the basketball stuff. It just seemed like they walked a little bit into a buzzsaw in game three. It felt like yeah. game one of a big series because it felt like, Kenny, both teams were kind of feeling each other out. And mm -hmm. th that building was crazy. It just felt like they just were not ready for that in any way. Yeah, these the these versions of the – well, he didn't make any moves. But these versions – well, actually, yeah, because Oladipo came back. These versions of each team just never played each other. Yeah. So they were kind of – it was like a Mayweather fight, just kind of feeling each other out and then later on – Things happened the way they happened, but I will say game three, I wasn't too discouraged by and game four. I wasn't too discouraged by anything that he really necessarily did. It's just shots weren't falling, and so that'll correct itself um, at home, I'm sure. And also, not to like go on a tangent, and I don't know if you're gonna get to this eventually, but what was encouraging to me also that we kind of overlooked on Hangover Time last night is that the Sixers did the thing where they put in well, they switched and be onto Jimmy and that typically worked but Jimmy absolutely torched him last night and so that was encouraging for me also that was a big thing so in game three I, I don't think Embiid was really like ready to be himself but you know they just did the Embiid stuff right they, they throw it into the post in Embiid Miami fronts mm -hmm. you know they, they swarm they try to force the ball out of his hands Embiid just scores they were switching every Harden mm -hmm. and Bede pick and roll. They would put P.J. Tucker on Harden and Jimmy on Maxi, which left Kyle Lowry on one leg to guard Tobias Harris, which really didn't hurt them on defense. But on off, but you know, having Jimmy on on Maxi, you know, means that he's on the ball handler. So anytime Harden or Embiid or Harden or, or Maxi trigger a pick and roll, you know, and Harden and P.J. Uh, damn it, Jimmy, I'm I'm getting old. Jimmy and PJ were switching on to Embiid because they were guarding the two ball handlers, which were Maxi mm -hmm. and Harden. And they were switching that pick and roll all the time, and they were fronting, and they were helping and recovering all that stuff. And Philly's offense just shot a bunch of threes, and the shot diet was not really – Cooper Moore had tweeted about it. It's not like Philly generated a, a lot of better looks because of that. They just hit a lot of their shots. Danny Green did Danny Green shit that he does against the Heat all the time. <laughs> and I think a lot of game three you could look at and say, okay – that is shot variance correcting itself on both sides. Miami regressed a little bit to mm -hmm. their mean and Philly, you know, progressed to the mean. Let's come to game four, right? Mm -hmm. So now we have actual, like we have, okay, we have a game under our belt where everybody played. We kind of know how the teams are going to play coverages because a lot of the season Miami played and beat one-on-one, -on -one, right? They would have mm -hmm. Deadman and Bam in single coverage. And what a lot of, a lot of what the heat did, my camera goes out is they would send help late on the basketball move and force Embiid into jumpers and Embiid hit a lot of those jump shots and I, I tweeted this and I talked about it on the pod a couple of days ago uh he just killed them with size and those guys are PJ and Jimmy and all these guys are just not big enough to contest his jump shots enter game four Miami fronted and I think Kenny the first couple plays of that game it was Harden lob Embiid so Philly would do what Miami does where they vacate one mm -hmm. side in the pick and roll. So Danny Green's in the corner, and then Danny Green kind of does the Danny Green cut, goes from, you know, left to right on the baseline and just goes, like, from corner to corner uh, as Kenny gets his camera situated. Um, and the Heat are in single coverage against Embiid. They're fronting Embiid. Harden throws the lob over, and they have no help because the Sixers vacate the corners. Miami has no help. And that's just an easy bucket for Embiid. So Kenny, that's what the Sixers did. That was their big adjustment. They're like, let's 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 vacate the side. Let's if Miami wants to front, let's let them front, mm -hmm. right? You'll front, but Harden's on the pass, right? So they're just running a pick and roll, mm -hmm. right? Getting the switch they want. Jimmy's fronting, and then Harden's just throwing target practice. And yeah. that's really and, what. And that's so how the first quarter it, went. 
Yeah. Go ahead. And there were a lot of positions I will give the Heat credit where that didn't necessarily work. Um, but after a while, they started to get it together, and then obviously the Heat had to make the adjustment that you're going to get into at a certain point. Yeah. So, so that went on, and then I thought what the Heat did was as the game progressed, they put Bam. They, they started. They stopped the switching in the second half because it wasn't working. The other thing that the Sixers did, which I thought was really interesting, so they they pressed their, their guys really high to give them empty sides and all that stuff. And then they, they, they threw a different wrinkle in where they would have kind of Danny as a decoy. So instead of emptying mm-hmm. the side, they'd revacate it. And then you know, you'd be so focused on Embiid that Danny Green would spring open or Max or whoever. So the Sixers did that a couple of times. So that was a nice little wrinkle to what their offense was. And Miami said, fuck this. Oh, the, the other thing the Sixers did was they, they put Embiid at the nail. Uh, and if you're going to front Embiid at the free throw line, well, if if you get that switch and if it's Oladipo or, or Jimmy or PJ and beat one on one at the free throw line, is going to win that every time. Because what you got to do yeah. is you got to swipe down on the ball. You're probably going to foul, or you know he's just going to kind of hit a floater over you, and that's really like an uncontested floater because you're just not tall enough to contest. So that was really the Sixer offense in the first half. Miami adjusted, uh, and you kind of talked about it. They put Bam in single coverage. They're like, all right, Bam, we're dropping pick and roll with you every time they run shit. We're dropping. And you're going to stay on Embiid and you're going to fight for position. He caught that stupid fourth foul. Such bullshit. Yeah. And Kenny, I thought he did a fantastic job. I thought Bam was exceptional on defense in the second half. He was. And that's that's what I want to see more of. Because like you said, switching a smaller guy on Embiid may not necessarily work. Because give, giving Doc the credit, I know we have a lot of jokes for Doc. And I know we talked about it off camera. But Doc does make really good adjustments in games that time. So he did what you mentioned, and then the Heat had no answer for it. And so they went ahead and they they put Bam on him. And Bam is such a phenomenal defender that he does have the size issue. He does. We understand that. But he typically guards Embiid well one-on-one. He actually guards Embiid incredibly one-on-one typically. And that's what happened in the second half. But what happened after that is Harden just hit some tough shots. And you kind of just can't really do anything about that. Yeah, and I think Kenny, as the as the game kind of winded down, the offense got more and more Harden centric. Partly because mm-hmm. I thought Miami was just really effective. Bam was just denying and beat the ball, and they yeah. were eating a lot of clock because they were like, "Okay, let's feed our best player the ball." And Bam mm-hmm. is fucking fighting with four fouls, by the way, which is just yeah. the fucking balls on that guy because of the way that the games have been called and Embiid, obviously, dude, deservedly so, a superstar. Right, mm-hmm. like, and he's like Shaq. He gets fouled a ton. I don't. I he's not as much. I don't really like want to like call him a grifter or anything. I hate giving that guy credit, but he's a fucking monster. He's great. So Bam, mm-hmm. the fucking balls on Bam to fight, to position, to ball deny, all that stuff, and the Sixers end up eating a ton of clock. All those possessions. Cooper yeah. Moore talked about this day too. And what happens is, is that Harden's like, well, okay. I don't have a pass for the angle. And once I give it to Embiid, he has to catch. He has to kind of reset, kind of set his feet, all that stuff. That's just not enough time. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dance and take a step back, right? Because also Miami mm-hmm. is going to help in. As soon as Harden takes a dribble, they're helping in mm-hmm. immediately. And my, by the way, yeah. Miami's not switching anymore, at least those Embiid actions. So he has his initial defenders, whether that's PJ or Jimmy or whoever. So it's not like he has a good matchup I, anyway. So he's just taking these step backs, mm-hmm. whether it's Depot, Jimmy, all these guys. And he's just, bro, he just hit a ton. You know what I mean? And that, that's just backbreaking. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, that's the thing. That's like 
it's difficult to like view it this way when you're a fan and you want your team to win. But in that in that case, it's you can't blame the mix on the team. It's just he's James Harden. As much as I don't like the guy or his game, he's one of the better scorers and he's one of the better offensive player. players. Yeah, he's one of the better offensive players the league has ever seen. And so he's going to just knock down tough shots at times. And so, again, I didn't see anything in game four that discourages me or anything that the Heat did wrong. It's just the way the game went. It was just mix versus misses once again. And it's a little, it's a little annoying for games to come down to that because there's not much to really – well, we're going to break down some stuff, but it's just like that's what it came down to at the end of the day. A guy it's, hitting yeah. really big, really tough shots. I just think that the adjustments were – were it was really cool to see like as it's happening in-game, right? And I think mm-hmm. a lot of times people say – and I saw some of this on Twitter. Well, Spo doesn't know what he's doing. This is on Spo. Bro, Spo is fucking you devising know. a game plan to stop one of the best the, – the leading the, – the scoring leader in the NBA – Mm-hmm. Won the scoring title, Joel Embiid. So Spo is like, okay, I gotta worry about fucking Harden, former scoring champ, and I gotta worry about the current mm-hmm. scoring champ, and their defensive game plan. I know that their defense was not good. Philly scored 112 points per 100 possessions in the half court. I think some of that was some mistakes by Miami. I thought there were times mm-hmm. that they let shooters spring free that they shouldn't. They, again, some of those decoy plays of Danny Green and Tyrese. I thought the stuff that Philly got in transition really juiced their offense. Um, you know, Philly 150 points per 100 possessions in the, in transition. Miami only 112, right below average. Philly, you know, kind of hovering around above average. So the fact that Miami missed a lot of shots, and those threes are long rebounds, which juices mm-hmm. Philly's transition game, which is where Maxi wants to be, which is where Harden wants to be, and. You know what, but they did in the first half. Like I, I don't know, man. I thought the game plan on defense was solid. I think some mm-hmm. of that stuff is correctable, but I think that the the game plan is what the game plan is. And I thought late in that game, Kenny, their defense was fucking spectacular, even though the Sixers scored a bajillion points. Yeah, I think. So first of all, I think Spo did an amazing job last night coaching. I think it goes back to sometimes as fans, we just see the other team make shots and we just take it as somebody messed up and that's not the case last night was a pretty blameless game unless you want to get into guys field goal percentages or whatever the case is but guys also had good looks there wasn't too many like struggling against the shot clock like it was in the first two games i think and steve jones is he said this on a recent dunker spot he said um sometimes coaches make adjustments they make the correct adjustments and it just doesn't just doesn't work i thought in this case it did it's work the nba and like- so you know, you're, the, the it did work were for the most part. Defense. It was just guys just hit the, shots. The adjustments yeah. were on defense because I thought yeah. Miami's offense was yeah. Miami's so, offense. Yeah. And so especially late in that game, he did everything right defensively. It was just guys just hit tough shots, and there's just kind of nothing you can do about it. Bronx Joker said, only wish we put Keith in earlier. I, I am a little over PJ covering Embiid. I just don't think that mm-hmm. works right now. And maybe they'll try it another game. I don't really think Keith was like doing much better, but I I liked it a little better. And I think on offense or offense, I I don't know. It's like it's not moving the needle much for me. But I I think they got to do something. If Deadman's not gonna play next game, they have mm-hmm. to do something other than PJ at center again. Um, and he'd use yeah. Yurt as a toothpick because we saw that all regular season long. So. And, and chat's climbing for the Duncan stuff. And we're going to get into Duncan and we're going to get into Lowry. Yeah. I just wanted to start on defense because to me, that was where the battleground was. Mm-hmm. It was how Miami was responding defensively to Philly and how they countered every Philly punch and it worked. So like I said, the, the, the stuff with the fronting and the way that Miami just kind of just put Bam on it and how that worked and all that stuff, which I thought was yeah. a really important um, adjustment for them to make. So really quick, so I do want to mention Markeith because I was someone who wanted to see him play because he does um, – he's good to have in that weak spot in the zone. But Embiid covers so much ground, and Markeith doesn't stretch the floor enough for me to still think that's necessarily going to work. And so I'm just hoping for Deadman to come back to where at least it's not – we know Deadman's not there for offense, and then it's fine. He has the size for Embiid, and then – PJ at the five, I'm not. Maybe when Embiid is on the bench. 
then you, you know give what's funny, Kenny? It's them, not even like yeah. they're getting crushed rebounding those minutes. It's they're not. Like, it's just it just puts a beat in, in dangerous scoring positions, and you just invite. I think yeah. they can, Kenny. The other thing that, and it was Frankie that pointed it out on the timeline when I was tweeting the videos. You can check my thread at Janavas one hundred three on Twitter, where I kind of get into a lot of detail with with the, with the film clips. Frankie said they're not putting any pressure on the pass that Harden's making to Embiid. And I think that's mm-hmm. the other that's that if there's an adjustment to be made and if they want to play PJ at center, what they can do is they could put a little more pressure on the pass. I understand the theory why you don't want to, because you just want you'd rather Harden take the step back three as opposed to getting into the paint, especially when Embiid's already being fronted. He can seal, right? Put a guy on his back. I get mm-hmm. the thinking. I just think that you're just making it too easy for them. And I'm not saying that you got to do it all the time. Yeah. You mix it up, but especially in minutes that PJ's playing center, if that's really the route that they want to go. And again, I don't even think that's like the wrong answer. If Deadman can't go, and I did, mm-hmm. I just wasn't moved by by Keith's minutes. Maybe you try him a little bit. Maybe they try him like how I suppose you do Mike Miller, kind of a quick quick pull, and never see him again if he doesn't look good. But I don't know, man. That's kind of where mm-hmm. I am with that. Yeah, and I think. Well, we got to remember too. PJ was in foul trouble, and part of that is the size disadvantage. I am, I don't like the way Embiid plays. He does flop, but at the same time, he is just huge, and he's gonna get hit sometimes. And you kind of have to call it sometimes. So, oh fuck, I don't know, man. I think maybe you give PJ a little more chances, but it is getting a little more dangerous now because once Embiid does catch, you do have to swarm him, and then you do have guys shooting the lights out on their team. So, I, I just genuinely don't know. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think putting more ball, I think putting more more pressure on the pass because Maxi is not making those passes, and they right. very specifically have Harden trigger those actions. I think making Maxi more of a playmaker is one of the other adjustments you can make on offense. I already think they load up on Harden enough, but I do think mm-hmm. that they need to encourage the Maxi matchup, whether it's giving Maxi certain switches or certain traps. Um, that that could be a way to to kind of encourage that and put some size and play passing lanes or whatever or just make those passes difficult. Mm-hmm. And I think making Embiid a bit of a passer as well. Uh, and there were some yeah. possessions that you when when Bam single covered against him, you make the pass mm-hmm. difficult. And once the entry pass comes, you double on the catch because yeah. Miami does a lot of like pre doubling, right? Well, they'll shade over right before the guy even gets the ball. Or like a guy will get the ball, and, and or like Embiid will get the ball, and he'll be like posting up, or he'll be working, and there it's not a hard double, it's like a shade double, like PJ splitting the difference between him and his man, and it's effective mm-hmm. sometimes, but I just think at this juncture they need to hard double on the catch, force him. He loves to turn to that little turnaround on the left shoulder, force mm-hmm. him to do that, and if he's gonna hit those shots, then congratulations, but yeah, and- they have to give him different looks. So what I did see, and maybe you can correct me, I did see in the first half they were doing that. They were doubling him on a catch, but it was after switching the smaller guy on him to where exactly. it's not really going to yeah. do a whole bunch of stuff for you. So I would say keep Bam on him. And all the has done a great job of digging into the post when NBA catches and getting those deflections and getting those steals. So I would like to see them keep Bam on Joel and have, well, whoever's nearby, maybe it will be. Oh, Depot, go ahead and double as he catches. When they were doing it late, it was Jimmy coming over, which I think the extra yeah. size and the the kind of IQ helps. Mm-hmm. Um, so like th- stuff like that, I think is important. In terms of that, when Bam is fr- when Bam is the one denying the ball, it just they the Sixers eat a ton of clock because Harden's not racing up the floor. You know, Harden's their point guard a lot of the time. Harden's walking the ball up, mm-hmm. so they're already getting into their sets a little late. Yeah. And the fact that if you're eating more clock with them getting so when Embiid catches the ball, he needs to go. So that's why you want to double on the catch mm-hmm. because they ate a lot of clock. When there's a small, you just do the switch and it's an easy pass. There's not a lot of time going. And once Embiid catches, he has ten on the clock, and the, the possession is going to end with him, right? So yeah. ten on the clock, he has he has time and he knows it, you know. But when when you when you force that pass with eight or seven on the clock and you double immediately on the catch. That's different. Mm-hmm. Now you got, now he needs to make a move under duress. And I think that if you're Miami, you need to dictate the terms of engagement in this series. Your defense is better. And I know that Embiid is a mismatched nightmare for anybody. But I think that that's what they need to do. I thought they did that in the second half, which is why Embiid was a little quieter. And if not for Harden Heroics, Miami wins that game. 
And we're going to get yeah. into the offense now because Chaz is like clamoring for Duncan and talking about, I just, you know, but defensively, I thought they did enough. And really, I thought they scored enough to win. I mean, Jimmy gave you 40. Bam and Jimmy combined for like 60-something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That, that'll that win you games. You know what I mean? If, yeah. if and, and one person just needs to step up. They, the Sixers played a ton of drop early in the early in the in the game. I thought Tyler got a lot of what he wanted. Um, it just stopped falling, you know. Which yeah, I don't know how you feel about that, but it, it happens. Yeah, it happens. But I like the looks that he got. Um, something that's interesting, Kenny, and this I think dictates a little bit of what Miami's doing. The Sixers force a lot of um, non corner threes. So Miami thirteen of twenty. Uh, Miami five of twenty eight. From non-corner threes, which is I think That's probably the twenty-eight the attempts from non-corners. Miami only shot six corner threes, which I think if you're Miami, you want that to be a little more of your offense. You know, getting mm-hmm. guys out of the corners, and if you're gonna do those non-corner threes, that has to come off handoff actions. Then it can't be Jimmy and and Oladipo because a lot of those were Oladipo at the top of the key, right? Jimmy at the top of the key. Those aren't the kinds of threes you want. And you want to kind of reorganize your shot diet. And again, Tyler went one for four. Yeah. Uh, Gabe went 0 for four. You know, your good shooters, you know, did not come to Kyle was 0 for six, although he's on one leg, and we'll talk about him uh, later. A lot mm-hmm. of their good shooters just did not have good nights, and their bad shooters shot too many threes, and they need to readjust that shot diet. Yeah, and so I do wonder if PJ went for four. Um, keeping guys out of the corner is something the Sixers are doing by design against the Heat or something they typically do. Because if it's against the Heat, it makes sense because you don't neutralize PJ Tucker on offense, but you do definitely take away his biggest weapon and make him a little uncomfortable. He doesn't want to shoot from the top of the key or from the elbows. So you kind of take him out, and now there's an issue with the Heat space, and, and we see – how their offense gets stagnant at times because of that. And so I do wonder, maybe you know more than I do, whether that's something the Sixers always do or if it's something they're doing for this it's kind series. of philosophical, but I think they ramp it up a little bit more now. And I think part of it is just a playoff thing of like, okay, well, we're going to – if you're going to shoot threes, we're going to make sure that it's Oladipo and, and, and Jimmy and stuff like that. What you can control if you're Miami is, okay, we can run more dribble handoffs for Max and for Tyler because mm-hmm. I did think that if Embiid's going to drop, you get good looks. Embiid switched on to Tyler a couple times, which I think kind of scared Miami away from it. So they would mm-hmm. run a pick and roll with Bam and Hero and or, or PJ and Hero, and, and Embiid would kind of just switch and really hard show and jump out. And there were a couple mm-hmm. possessions where he did that to Tyler, and it really kind of – I think it kind of spooked Miami into not doing it anymore because this guy comes out and he's really big and strong and, and Tyler's just small and – it's just it's just bad. You know, he's just gonna fucking yeah. gonna fuck him up. But if Tyler gets him beat on his heels, which he did a couple times, by kind of attacking with a bit of a head of steam, setting the screen a little bit out so that Tyler has the option of either stepping into mm-hmm. a three, rejecting the screen, you need to give him space or you need to kind of stretch everything out. If Embiid's gonna drop lower, Tyler won those possessions. It was where they kind mm-hmm. of screened at the three point line and Embiid jumped out. And really kind of stop that. So that's that's what happened there. I guess this is a good point to the Duncan thing. I am pro Duncan. I always want Duncan to play. I understand Eric Spolster not playing Duncan because you don't want to give Harden another target. Yeah. So what Miami was doing late in that game was they weren't switching Tyler on to, to Harden. Harden was looking for the matchup, and Miami was not switching. They were – Tyler. And, and go watch the film. I tweeted it out. They're hard showing on t- – they're hard showing kind of what they did against LeBron. You know, Tyler jumps out, mm-hmm. shows hard, lets Oladipo get in front again, and that's it. And you waste five seconds of clock, and Tyler's back on Danny Green or whoever the fuck. Mm-hmm. So they're not switching that. And I think when you inv- – when there's just – another guy out there and if you're committed to starting max that means you're playing duncan and tyler together and those lineups just haven't been good i understand now i'd want to play duncan and if i if if it were up to me i would play duncan see how he's shooting and make a decision if he has it i leave him in if he doesn't i pull him and that's it i don't know if that's what spo wants to do or not but i just 
don't blame him for not wanting to play Tyler and Duncan together, and I don't blame him for not wanting to give Harden another target. I would like Duncan to play. I understand the reasons why he doesn't. Yeah, and people, I'm the Duncan guy, but as as today went on and I thought more about the game, I am a little more on the fence about it than just being just straight, you need to play Duncan. Because of what you said, you don't want to give a, give them another target, which, well, if they aren't going to switch anyway, I'm not sure. I think you can kind of live with that for a few minutes and see how it goes, but it's also just not a good idea to bring a guy in cold halfway through a series and just say, hey, go well, ahead. Well, you just can't bring him in I'm not in the sure. middle of the game. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's the part to me. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck do you ever see a dude just check in? All right, bro, we suck today. It's fucking midway through the third quarter. You haven't really warmed up. Go get out there, kid. That's the one that I'm like. Yeah, it's kind of. You know what I mean? Like, that. that's it's not. sort of. Yeah, it's. It's kind of wishful thinking on our, our parts, hoping that he can come in and um, that's a high intensity fucking playoff game. Up. You know what I mean? Like yeah. against a physical team, it's not garbage time where a guy comes in and he hits a couple shots in garbage time because nobody's really playing defense. You know what I mean? Everyone's just trying not to yeah, get hurt I, I, and put up shots. I do wonder if we see some of them next game though, because as much as I also defend Max, even defensively, I don't know how great he's really been. It's kind of slipped a little from my own eye test. Maybe I'm wrong, but he's yeah. He's game three. I think he was pretty bad. Game four, he was fine. But he, I don't um, even think he he. Well, he followed. I think out, he still tried to. But I think he still try to maybe fit Duncan in there. But I'm not upset if you don't either. I I think that they'll probably try it because the noise is pretty loud and. I don't blame I don't blame him. I mean maybe he doesn't play. I mean maybe they're like they I mean Spo even said we need to watch the film and see how much of this is emotional and how much of this is reality. Right? <laughs> and I watched the film too. I like the looks they got. Yeah. Miami was one of the best three point shooting teams in the league. I don't think they're gonna be that bad from three and guys just shoot better at home. That's a fact. So maybe mm-hmm. they go back home and they just shoot well again and, and we're hunky dory. But I don't blame I don't blame the fans for wanting mm-hmm. Duncan. I do think it's funny that yeah, half of them and, wanted him in Azkaban. Sorry, so <laughs> Oh man. They would have put him in Guantanamo. Yeah, I don't He would have been the only white man in Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> yeah, I um I don't know. It, it's it's tough. I would like to see him out there, but again, I just completely understand if he's not, because also both games, the Heat went on runs, but they were right there, and they ne- didn't necessarily need to Kenny, bring him in. You don't want to cut a 15-point lead. Yeah, you don't want to cut a 15-point lead down to four and then, okay, change the lineup and bring some shooting in. And so, Spolstice has a tough, it's a tough job. It's a tough job. And Hey, man. Like, I get it. I want Duncan to play, but Again, I just I'm, there are reasons he's not, and it's not an indictment on him. It's just a really tough thing to manage. I want I want him to play. I would like him to play. If it were up to me, he'd play. What I I just want to be clear with the audience. I understand why he doesn't, and I think there's a justifiable reason why he doesn't. And I don't think it's suppose an idiot for not doing it. Because I think when fans yeah. oftentimes clamor for something, they don't look at the alternative, and they're going to be like, "Well, the alternative is we lost." And at the end of the day, the scoreboard's always right. Uh, but obviously, yeah. we don't operate with those things in mind as we're as we're doing our jobs, and we shouldn't be governed by we shouldn't be results. We, I mean, we, we are results driven, but you know, you, you have to look at the big picture and and what the film shows. And I don't know, man. I like the looks they got, and I tr- it's how much you trust these dudes to hit shots. I mean, maybe listen. Yeah. I don't really feel good about Gabe hitting big shots in a big playoff series. I'll be honest with you, I don't. Yeah. I probably trust Max to do it a little more. I trust Gabe. Not really. Do I think, you know, Gabe was kind of bad. Maybe Duncan should play a little more. Yeah. You lose a little bit of ball handling, but I think Depot's been good enough that you try to, you know, but then at the end of the day, when you cut some of that ball handling out, now you have to get Jimmy Butler to play a little more because you need a ball handler at all times. And now we're back to where we were last year. Yeah. Where Miami didn't have a ball handler when Jimmy's off the court. You have Depot, right? I think Depot's been pretty good, but Depot's not a point guard. Right, so the the Lowry injury, and again, we're gonna get into him in a second. Really, kind of fucks everything up. Uh, but also, like mm-hmm. you know, I think at the end of the day, it's gonna be like, do you play Gabe or do you play Duncan? I don't think Gabe's had a good 
game in a while this series. Maybe game mm-hmm. one was his last good one. If that, we're looking at his minutes getting cut. I think Caleb just being out of the rotation makes sense. He just doesn't have umph or anything. Maybe they'll maybe they try yeah. him again to get a little more length on some of that help on Embiid. Um, Gabe's also too small in this series, and I just think that they need size on Harden. And I just don't really think. I mean, I think Gabe's main purpose is to stay in front of Maxi. That hasn't really worked out in the anyway. <laughs> so. If anybody's minutes should get yeah, cut, I mean, it's Gabe's, and we should give Duncan a little look there. But then again, you lose ball handling in your backup point guard. Right, yeah. And so you kind of stuck with Gabe in a sense. Because like you said, you, we don't want Jimmy handling too much. Even though it did work out last game, he went Jimmy, which is great. But you can't take away too many of your backup point guard's minutes when your starting point guard is clearly injured and probably I don't think he's playing there. tomorrow. Yeah, and it sucks, but I he reheard he it. He reheard the game. I don't think he's been nearly. Oh, he was, he was yeah. bad. I don't think he's been nearly as bad as people have been saying. I thought he was, he was. fine on defense. But I think as far as the on shooting, offense, yeah. he was just a, a big yeah. thing on defense. But, he was fine. Yeah, but yeah, you just can't take away too many of Gabe's minutes because of that. And again, Vic, he is a capable playmaker, Vic is, and so is Tyler. They have capable playmakers the problem, and capable Kenny, point guards, but go ahead, finish. It's just not when enough. you have when you You know what I'm saying? It's, it's just not it's just not enough. When you take capable guys and put them capable guys in secondary mm-hmm. roles, when you upgrade, promote them to primary, that's where you get problems. That's where turnovers come it's up, difficult. that's where stuff happens, and that's what you want to mitigate. And I think there was two. Mm-hmm. There was like in game two, there was like way too much Gabe Vincent pick and roll for me. You know, there's just way, yeah. at times when this offense looks bad, a lot of times it's like there's just way too much Gabe Vincent handling the ball. There's like way too much Max Cruz mm-hmm. like shooting. And I think they need to find the balance without Lowry. And I know that their record, I think they haven't lost a playoff game in where Lowry doesn't, where Gabe starts, right? Again, mm-hmm. three of those against the Hawks, um, <laughs> and then two against Philly without Embiid. So. You know, we can say that, but I, I don't think Kyle should play. I think he's just not right. And maybe their title hopes were gone in that first round series when he got hurt. Um, but he needs to rest. And whether that means rest up until game two of the next series, if they make it that far, then so be it. But that guy can't be out there. Mm-hmm. I thought Jimmy's quotes at the end of the game were incredibly telling. Um, I think that they all agree that he shouldn't be out there. Um, Honestly, I thought it was a bad look for the team to have him out there. He clearly did not look right, mm-hmm. and especially after he reheard it, he played up until the fourth quarter in which he sat. Um, you know what I mean? And I made fun of the Sixers for playing Embiid, but you know what's you know who we got we got to be honest here that that was just not a good look uh, for Miami. And I know that these guys are warriors, but it is what it is. I'm trying to find the the Jimmy quote on Kyle uh, because yeah. to me. <laughs> It was it was pretty rough. Um, we under uh, Jimmy goes. We under uh, we want to get back to being defensive minded, and then he said on Lowry wanting to push through. This is via tropical blanket, aka Troppy Baby, uh, for five reasons. Says we understand uh, that Lowry wants to push through, but we also want our guys to be safe. Man, that's your peer saying that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm not sure if he plays. Yeah, it's- yeah, it's tough, and I understand his side too because he is 37 and he came here to win a championship. And so, you want to fight through the injury and see if you can give yourself more of a chance. But that's a tough injury to play through, he especially as a point seat. guard. Especially like, yeah, he gave you the one seat. He yeah. gave you a so, game seven again the series, so he can rest. He did his job. Hopefully, he, I mean they need him, Kenny, to, to win a title. I'm not gonna lie; mm-hmm. this may sound crazy, like. I think in a Celtic series they need him. I think in a Bucks series they don't need him. That might sound incredible. That might sound. I just because of the way the Bucks play defense and the way that Miami can gear their offense away from ball handling and pick and roll to dribble handoffs only against the Bucks. Mm-hmm. I think if they draw Milwaukee, I think they can survive parts of that series without him. I think where he becomes important is against teams that switch, like the Warriors. He's supposed to be the mm-hmm. guy who helps them through switches and stuff like that, organize their offense, get Jimmy off ball, all that stuff. Against a team like Milwaukee, yeah. whose defense isn't 
been elite in the season. I know their playoff defense has been pretty good, but I, I just think that against a drop, Miami yeah. can, and that's why I expect tomorrow their offense will look a lot better. And maybe I'm wrong and their shooters don't hit and then they lose and they're embarrassed and it's a total laughing stock. But <laughs> um, I think that he should not be playing. I think he looked bad. Mm-hmm. I think he hurt them. And I was annoyed with people like, he's a plus four. He's a plus five. I'm like, okay, like, whatever. Like, what? Look yeah, it's individual plus minus doesn't really tell. Kenny, there was, a part, there was a play in the game that I think for me, I was like, yeah, this is it. He he was on the, he was in the corner. They close out hard. He drives by. He gets into the paint. Just wide open. Doesn't even oh, go up. Oh, I know. Exactly. Doesn't, just yeah. doesn't go up. He passed the Bam. And Bam dunked, but it was just like. Man. He just had. You could tell that he doesn't trust his finishing. He doesn't trust getting off the ground. And mm-hmm. it's just bad. It's just it's just bad if, if you can't jump and if you don't feel confident in your jumping, you can't play basketball. You know what I mean? So yeah. the whole fucking narratives that people are running around, fucking Jason Maples, you're fucking better than that, dude. What the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, you're what better than... I like that guy. I like him too. That's why I was like, I tweeted out. I go, Jason, you're better than this. You're you great at what you do. Like, let's not let's not do this to Kyle, calling him like a bunch of names, and then those fucking bozos who I'm not even gonna name are, are talking shit. Yeah, let's not even. I'm not even gonna name them, but it's like people like that, they're not worth it. And, and people like Jason. At least Jason, I respect. Right, Jason's a really brilliant and intelligent yeah. person, you know, and, and are just running with these narratives about Kyle. I was like, guys, to close the season, he was really good. He got hurt in the Hawks series early. What do you, what can you do? That's a fucking shitty injury to get in the playoffs. That takes time to heal. That's a two week, two, three yeah. week injury. He's not going to be the same. He's not going to like come in and, and fucking change your life. I mean, maybe they need him. He comes in and if he can kind of summon up enough to, to hit some. Tr- so that shit to me bothers me because like we can say like, okay, he can't play, but we don't have to call him fucking names and shit or like make this some sort of indictment on who he is as a performer or like criticize the signing. Like they got the one seat because of him. You know what I mean? Like, all, and I know that yeah, I'm a Kyle think... Lowry guy and everything. And it's going to sound all oh, Kyle Lowry guys complaining. Look, oh, fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. I get it. But just know that your fucking argument is so disingenuous. Look at my fucking timeline yeah. and tell me, I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I said <laughs> the thing that fucking bothered me. The people are like, you don't know shit about hoops. Motherfucker, I just fucking rewatched the game and I'm breaking down actions. I'm not saying I'm a coach or anything, but I know I know a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, shut the fuck up. Who the fuck are you people? Like, out of here, man. Sick of tired of these fucking people. Yeah, that's that's my favorite thing. Like when people say we don't know basketball, and then like <laughs> we explain what happened in the play, and there's just no response. It's like, okay, well, bro. Somebody like cool. fucking responded to my. I have a my my pin tweet is uh, some actions that they ran against the Bucks with Duncan as a screener, and uh, Pum was like, this guy doesn't know hoops. I don't know hoops. I'm literally fucking breaking down the game. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, but and again, I don't know what Jason I said. Floppy so... to you? Like, I, what fucking do you need? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what Jason said. And I like Jason, so it's not to him. And those other guys, I'm they're never getting my attention again. So it's not about them either. But just in general, I think sometimes we have to do a better job. And that's why I stopped criticizing players pretty much in general, unless it's very detailed in the specific thing they did. We just have to look at the context surrounding things sometimes before we just go off and jump to our conclusions. I think if we saw the guy holding his hamstring, and even our announcers who, credit to them, they typically don't give the heat much of anything, especially when Grant Hill's announcing. Bro, the, this broadcast even when they're sucks. even saying, okay, Kyle's clearly hurt, then... I fucking hate this broadcast team. Man. I hate they're like so pro Sixers is so annoying. I can't fucking stand them. And Tyrese Max, what a beautiful like it's man. it's disappointing. <laughs> Wide open lob. Oh, it is God. like disappointing for so me because like a big part of my basketball fandom. A big part of my basketball fandom was like when YouTube first came out, I would like look up uh, I can't let you do that. <laughs> like before the injury, Grant Hill was incredible. That's what I was gonna say. Like fuck my anybody, own, fuck anybody. A lot of my basketball fandom comes from. <laughs> it, it's Grant Hill is disappointing me because like fuck I love any that friend of the player. Clintons. It's just I don't know. A lot, a lot of players disappoint me. I forgot his mom was like Hillary Clinton's roommate. Dog, I can't. Yeah, I, I I can't praise Grant Hill like surrounded by Haitians. Yeah, nah, fuck Grant Hill. It's fucking. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I, I, I changed my mind. I, I knew you would like that one. I knew you would like that one. I don't know. I fucking yeah, hate no, I, I can't. I'm, I hate the only yeah, good player. I hope Alf is watching. Yeah, hey, fuck Hill, fuck Grant Hill, and fuck the Clintons. Yeah, fuck them. Shout out to Alf. Yeah, shout out to Alf. He would like that. Let's go, Bernie. Um, they <laughs> making myself clear. Uh, uh, oh, you saw JJ Redding jumping <laughs> off the ship. Speaking of Duke players, J- yeah, I didn't see that either. JJ, I saw somebody say JJ something. Redding picked, uh, JJ picked the the Sixers in the series, so JJ jumped ship. Yeah, but he was just a Sixer yeah, like two him. years yeah, ago. I'm not really going to blame I, you him You know, too I broke my that. rule because I, I liked him. I'm like, fuck <laughs> anybody who wore a Sixers uniform except for Andre Iguodala because uh, he was there before the Sixers went to shit. Anybody yeah. anybody post-process, fuck you. Jay Rich is there. Fuck Jay Rich. Yeah. Anti-vaxxer. I'm kidding. I love you, Jay Rich. I mean, I'm, ba- I'm disappointed that you're an anti-vaxxer, but I, I, you know. It's not surprising to me though that he's anti-vaxxer. He seems like the hipster type guy. Like, eh. There's oh. two types of anti-vaxxers. It's it's uh it's, it's hippies and Republicans. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, kind of pivoting back to basketball. Sorry, we get listen. This, that's classic hippie. We got distracted. We got disoriented. Where's hippie? That's the classic here. Um, on offense, the other thing that worked was Jimmy Butler. We haven't talked about him, uh, which we should because he mm-hmm. was fucking masterful um a lot of it was against Embiid it wasn't even I know I, yeah. I thought a lot of it if I thought if you were gonna have a game like this it would be picking on Tyrese Maxey and Harden and it wasn't it was picking on Joel Embiid the Kenny the fucking craziest thing I saw in that game so we talked about this Embiid was just guarding Jimmy Butler they were just like, okay, this is a matchup. Mm-hmm. Which, credit to Jimmy, because when they did that to him in the regular season, as you said, and when they did that to him in the finals with Anthony Davis, it was a fucking problem for him. When Maxi Kleba was guarding him, it was mm-hmm. a, he had struggled with this all year. And credit to him, he looks a little healthier, a little more burst, getting by guys, the, the series of fakes, the, the, getting, the looking for contact from these bigger guys, and finishing, finishing strong, going up. Uh, credit to Bam for helping Right, uh, there were a couple times yeah. there was a play where Embiid stepped up to t- to double. The Sixers did not double Jimmy at all. The one play they did, uh, Jimmy cu- Bam immediately darted to the rim. Jimmy got him for a dunk. Uh, Bam was fucking so awesome that second half. It's just heartbreaking mm-hmm. that they lost because I thought that they played so well down the stretch. Jimmy and yeah. Bam, everybody else can go fuck off. But <laughs> um, I'm so disappointed, man. They I just they just really let Bam and Jimmy down because like those guys just gave you the performance that you need. And I know Bam's box score is not going to say shit. He was so that was a fucking you know, warrior. Bam's box score was pretty impressive. Also, he was that was one of my favorite Bam games. I'm not even going to lie. Like that yeah. half, that that fourth quarter was like one of my favorite Bam fourth quarters. After all the shit, every mm-hmm. every fucking mouth breathing fan talked to him. That dude, yeah, they don't was know after it. Like, that dude fucking battled Embiid, the leading scorer, a guy who's bigger than him, and really Joel didn't do much of anything. Joel got one offensive rebound over Victor Oladipo and Jimmy Butler. Bam wasn't even in that play because he was on Harden. Because at that point, the yeah. Sixers' problem was Harden. And listen, Harden hit a fucking step back over Bam, and Harden drove and and Bam challenged him to finish with his right, and he did. Bam mm-hmm. Bam was amazing, and Harden was amazing, and you tip your cap, but fucking it rendered Embiid irrelevant. You know, which is hard to do. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's the that's that's the thing. I don't hold on. Somebody's like, "How much does Bam out of Bayou pay you guys?" Well, fucker, I wish he paid us. Come on, the fucking show. <laughs> all the fucking defense we do for you. God damn. Yeah, nah, but I don't know if that guy was joking or not. I'm just gonna ignore him. Nah, it was slumping. Just in slumping. case he wasn't. It was slumping. Oh, sorry to you then. I was just playing around. Yeah, yeah, no. so, all right, so yeah, that's the thing I don't understand about the narrative surrounding Bam because. He typically does play great against um, size. He's he's Who, played well against Embiid before. He torches Vooch. Yeah. So that, I've seen the narrative. I haven't read a ton of what people are saying, but I have seen the narrative that he struggles against yeah, bigger. I, I disagree with you. I, I think. Yeah, Gobert Embiid bothers him. Like those kinds of guys. Oh, yeah, Gobert yeah, bothers everybody, though. But I mean, like the size bothers him. Like he's just not. He, you know, he just when when the big rotates or when he has a big in front of him in between the basket, he just wants to go to the jumper. Well, in those situations, he, he, yeah, he, yeah, I don't like that, and he's not good, and 
Like he he just regularly like a lot better against smaller teams. Like he just he just off on offense like when he's scoring he just picks on smaller teams. Although I thought last night well, he's he's performed well against those guys before is what I meant to yeah, say. Yeah, he was good last night. Yeah, twenty one nine of twelve shooting. I think the three the only three free throws is the one area where you're like, man, if you got to the line like seven or eight times. He struggled against mm-hmm. Lopez once. Zach three three in chat says he struggles against Lopez. Struggled against Lopez once series. No, you know they. I watch. I I watch them. I watch them torch Lopez. Well, I mm-hmm. guess I watch Duncan torch Lopez. <laughs> Duncan <laughs> is Jay Crowder. That series was wild because like as good as the dribble handoffs were, the problem was they were just helping off Jay Crowder and Jay hit like a bajillion threes. He just never missed a three in total. No, finals. And yeah, no, and no, he no, he missed everything in the Celtics series. <laughs> Oh right, yeah, yeah, that yeah, was a yeah, problem because yeah. he like went fucking crazy in the in the Buck series, and then against the Celtics, and that's why that series went six. Because if he was just normal, <laughs> that shit was so frustrating. I was like, God damn it! Now Suns fans are like, now he's feast or famine with the Suns. Now it's funny. Yeah, um, that's who he is. But what are you gonna say about? I miss that guy sometimes though. I completely forgot. Honestly, <laughs> we, we got the rail three times. Yeah, yeah, I know we're all over the place today. But <laughs> I, listen, I, I thought we had, we had some we had some good basketball stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for game, I, I think the biggest question marks... Oh, we're talking about Jimmy. Yeah, just bookend that. Jimmy, incredible. I thought he found Maxi a couple times and some pick and rolls, put him in the blender in the post. Mm-hmm. But I think most of it was just Embiid. Oh, I was actually saying the craziest play I saw was, you know, when Embiid was just guarding Jimmy, Jimmy's like, I'm just going to screen for Tyler. We're going to put Embiid in pick and roll. And Tyler yeah. got a wide open three that he missed. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. They hunted Joel Embiid. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like the and, shit with Gobert. It's like, usually, if you're Jimmy, you're just like, okay, let me get the ball in the perimeter and let me kind of finagle some space here. And he was like, fuck. They're like, fuck that. Let's get this guy in pick and roll. And they did, and Tyler got a wide open three. I'm telling you, like, Joel Embiid was, like, on the low mm-hmm. block and Tyler was on the wing. It was wide-ass open. Yeah. And he missed. It just... This is this is how the last two games were going. He do everything right, and the shot just doesn't fall. They hunted this man. Yeah, it's crazy. I couldn't fucking believe it, and it was working. <laughs> yeah, and that's what you want to do because he's either gonna give you the space with the drop, or he's gonna he's gonna get to the level of the screen, and now their rim protection's gone. And so, I do expect to see a little more of that next game. That was an interesting wrinkle to throw at him, and so we'll see what happens, man. Let's see, man. It's going to be interesting. I think for Miami, I think depending on the Jimmy performance like that, again, is unlikely. I think wanting the 40, you know, mm-hmm. on 13 for 20. I think I think you could get similar free throw production. He was 12 for 13 from the line. I think you can get somewhere around there. You have 29 usage. I am worried about them burning Jimmy out. Um, that hasn't really yeah. been a problem all season, but I just think what they're asking him to do on both ends of the floor is a lot. And I would like that to stop. So the shooters, please uh, come to work. Um, you know, more, I think in a game like this, Max needs to take more than five threes. Uh, I don't think mm-hmm. Oladipo should be taking five. And I don't think Jimmy should be taking six. Um, I think Tyler, that one for five hurts. That uh, mm-hmm. that PJ one for four hurts. And that Gabe 0 for four hurts. And honestly, Kenny, if those dudes hit, three more threes, I think they probably win this game. Yeah. And that's the importance of having home court advantage because we know shooting in Philadelphia, like as much as we can like pick on Philadelphia fans and being horrible people, which they are, that is a real tough environment to play well in. And so coming back to Miami, having the comfort and then feeding off the crowd the way a Tyler does, the way a Max does. Because it was a shitty home team, which is a funny The shooting, it'll... Yeah. But I think it'll, it'll... Yeah, it'll level out. I think it'll level out next game. Them and the Nets, I think, were the two teams that were better on the road. I don't have that stat in front of me, but I'm, it was something like that. Miami also a really good road team, and, and now that you have it, it's the best two out of three. You have two in your building. Um, You're likely without Lowry for the rest of the series. I don't. I know it doesn't look good, and Kenny, I know it doesn't feel good, and as I'm talking, I have like a pit in my stomach because I don't want to lose to the Sixers. I may have to deactivate. Um. I'm no coward. I won't do that. But, you know, it, it doesn't feel good. Uh, Heat culture, DC says, I was at that game. I was ashamed of myself for having gained respect for that crowd. Like a picky respect. Man, let me tell you, I've been at some fucking Heat games that are loud as shit. I mean, th- those finals games, 
that Hawks closeout game, there's a lot of games that that fucking building is shaking. So, I mean, people give mm-hmm. a lot of shit to our city. A, we're more fun than anybody else. B, yeah. we're all just drunk and we want to have fun. So, fuck all you people. We're a great <laughs> sports town. Um, at least for the Heat. I don't know, and I don't know about the Heat. The Heat were fourth in attendance this season. I didn't really like understand no, that whole narrative surrounding the I know, Heat fans. I know either. I'm just talking to Heat fans right now. It's... You know, Kenny, what they don't understand, and I yeah. think this is a white people thing. Hispanic people <laughs> are late to everything. And Alf has talked about how Haitian people are late to everything. And I just feel like white people treat like being punctual religiously. And I don't know, man. I just grew up with that never being a thing. Like, that's just not how we grow up. I don't know about you, but like, my dad was punctual. My mom fucking my mom was late to everything. I'm fucking late to everything. I can Kenny. I'm sure that it's like that for you too. I don't. I don't remember the last time a fucking meeting that I went to in Miami started on time. Oh no, I, nothing. So we the people who maybe work on time. time. These people want us to go to. <laughs> we, we, have, we have a, we have a lot of we have, we have a lot of fans who aren't from Miami. So shout out to y'all. But yeah, if you go anywhere in Miami, if you're on time, you're not. If you have an appointment at two o'clock and you get there at two o'clock, you get you're not seeing anybody o'clock. until four fifteen. Bro, of course not. not. <laughs> it's just how I don't know. It's just how it is, and so it's just people are late. And then the arena's a nightmare to get into. They have everybody working there is either seventeen years old or seventy years old. Neither one knows what they're doing. It takes forever Every, to let you in. Everybody has a parking is terrible. That has to be it's fucking checked. Yeah, you know, you're if you get in the wrong fucking line, you're behind five people with a purse. You know, why do it's, you need that yeah, into a game? I don't know, but that's the city we live in. It's just annoying, yeah, man. If, I just, I, if you've never <laughs> if you've never been to a heat game, just trust us, it's a nightmare to get into that arena. If we could be in our seats at tip off, it would be bro, ideal, but sometimes. it's just not possible. The last time. game I went to, I didn't make it for the <laughs> player introductions. Me. I've dedicated my life to this team. I love man. them. You're going to call me not a Heat fan? I'm out here fucking yelling at a camera? You're going to tell me I'm not a good fan? Fuck off, man. I just We're just late to shit. Look, if you if you set your GPS to where it says you're going to arrive at 724, 730 game, Danny, you're getting there at halftime. It's just, Sometimes it's we're just late because we just don't give a shit about time is not sacred. Yeah. I don't remember the last time I was on time for a reservation. I just don't. And nobody cares. You Oh yeah, reservations are tough because typically it's with a date and like if we're not on time, listen, I don't think I've ever dated a woman who was on time or anything. So reservations are tough. I mean anybody. (laughs) I just anything. It's all like that. A dentist appointment, Mm -hmm. anything. So I I just I'm just sick and tired of fucking hearing people. It's all white people that don't live here that just don't get it. I don't know. That's just why we didn't grow up that way. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all right. We're on island time. Just deal with us. Um so yeah, so exciting <laughs> stuff going into game five, high stakes game. This is a series. This is fun. I I don't like the national talk about the Heat right now. It's like everybody's just saying how they're dead in the water. Everybody's on the fucking Philly train. Philly fans swear that everybody hates them. I think that other fan bases hate them, but I don't think the media hates them. They're like the darling. Yeah, I think, and like they earned it. They're just like shitty. They're just people. shitty people in so their franchise lost on purpose. Yeah. Nobody likes a team that <laughs> lost on purpose. That shit bothers people. Yeah, Nobody like, hated you until you lost on purpose, defended the architect of losing on purpose. Get a fucking weirdo as your fucking franchise savior in, in, in Ben Simmons, and Embiid's just fucking corny. How does Embiid look, de- how does Embiid look yeah. depressed all the time? He like he looks depressed like 24-7 on the court, <laughs> and then he'll like score, and then he'll do like some corny like fucking dance or something. It looks so awkward. It's like pick an emotion, dude. <laughs> I don't like that man. Their their GM had a burner account. Bro, the not, fucking Colangelo thing. They're just a joke. <laughs> they're a fucking joke of, and that's why like man, losing to them would fucking suck. They're just a fucking clown show, man. I just hate them. I just don't want good things yeah, to happen to them. They're just they're just gross. It's a gross franchise. And then they went and got hard. I don't even I'm like not, Philly. It's not, not even like that nice a city. <laughs> just go to New York. I've never been. Bro, so I, but it's man. yeah, it's like it's not. It's like it looks like just bootleg New York. I don't. It's not know. even, man. It's just kind of old. They don't fucking serve alcohol some places until like they stop serving alcohol past ten and shit because the Quakers. Fucking, <laughs> I don't know, man. It just sucks. Oh, man. 
Whatever. Fuck Philly. Fuck the yeah, Sixers. Not. Fuck Embiid. It's not on my... Fuck Doc. Fuck Harden. <laughs> fuck Tyrese Maxey. Fuck all these people. Fuck Danny Green. God, fuck you, Danny Green. Why am I angry? I'm Usually the pod is like level-headed and we're like, chill, we vibe. <laughs> I just got angry. Sixers make me angry, man. I thought I was always wondering if I hated man. Boston or Philly more. Uh, Philly is cool if you're a history nerd. A history of what? Colonizers? Fuck do I care about American history for? Fucking care about those slave owners. Fuck that. They had wooden teeth. I don't care about them. I don't care about white people with shitty teeth. I think I am. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, that's, we have all that to look forward to. Jimmy's good. Hopefully shooters shoot well. Duncan may or may not play. Kyle Lowry may or may not play because he's hurt. Uh, who knows? But we'll find out tomorrow. Heat Sixers, tune in for the Weird Off pregame show 30 minutes before tip-off here on Twitch.tv slash Miami Heat. Also, the Hangover Time postgame show live after the game with your host, Alphonse Sydney, a.k.a. Alf954, Heat Twitter president. If you don't know, Alf was actually elected on the radio as Heat Twitter president. Don't forget, he had a campaign and everything. So put some fucking respect on the hot host name. Producer Brass Jazz, shout out to him. Retweet his, uh, he has a concert coming up in New York. Brass actually plays music. You know, as you may have seen him play Pebas. So tune into all our offerings, Mixed Bag, Needle to the Groove, all that good stuff right here on Twitch and our YouTube feed. If you're not subscribed, please subscribe. Uh, be nice. Give us uh, give us that little algorithm boost. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to chat. Shout out to the great Heat fans out there. Uh, fuck the Sixers. All that good stuff. And we will see you tomorrow. Game five. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.